Are you looking for veteran resources and peer support? Objective Zero has an app for that. Download the Objective Zero app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Access wellness resources like yoga and a free year subscription to Headspace, the world's most popular meditation app. Check out veterans resources and access our nationwide network of peer support. Speak to fellow women veterans or someone in your field and branch of service. You get to choose who you want to chat with. Learn more at www.objectivezero.org. That's www.objectivezero.org. Please remember the views and opinions expressed by this show or any other show on DB Radio and its guests are strictly those of said individuals and do not reflect those of the DB Radio staff nor the staff of dysfunctional veterans. I am the first dick in your ear, Bonerwood, so it's going to be a hard one tonight. Oh, God damn it, buddy. That's just not even fair. This is Barracks Talk. This is inside the nut house, man. We got Sergeant Wardog. Oh, I just broke out of the rubber room, dog. The bacon man himself, oink. You are truly putting the D in the B when it comes to DV radio. Mr. Recall. I prefer to be referred to as belly and down. And don't know where the fuck Google is. I told you it's my computer. It's not me. That's exactly how I feel. We probably had a few too many to drink, you know what I'm saying? Twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. Can I get a thimbleful of sweet baby rays, please? We don't have it. Saturday's gonna be even more entertaining. Illogical. We still have the DD radio store for those women. Shit's still there. You can buy shit. Buying shit's good, okay? Oh, we haven't even gotten there yet. You fucking got me there already. Love and military barracks talking around this smoke. How's your back feeling after that penis reduction? Oh. <laughs> You're tuned in to WDVR on DVRadio.net. Because this is how it is on DV Radio. That is how it is right here on WDVR, DVRadio.net. It's February 17th, 2024. I'm Bonerwood. Tonight, we have the conclusion of Bender's story from last week. But before we get to that, we got a full house like we did last week. Let's go around the proverbial table and introduce everybody from the, um, I don't know. Cause it, it's global warming and climate change, and I can't tell anymore. But from the fucked up state of Alaska, it's none other than the semi-frozen meat bag oink. Yeah, we'll go semi-frozen because it's thirty-one degrees. So we're <laughs> but shorts and t-shirts weather still up here. So you know that defrosting, man. I don't. I don't make that shit go rotten and stank. Oof. It's true. Very very true. Swamp ass is only about a fucking few degrees away, you know. And then back down here in the lower 48, as Mr. Oink loves to call us. <laughs> uh, in Amish territory, I love to cup his balls when he lets me. Uh, and he's not let me in a while. And I'm very sad about that. It breaks my heart. Uh, I guess it's because uh, my fingertips have been cold recently and he wants just warmth. Uh, but without further ado, it's Mr. Recoil. Good evening, fuckers. Glad to hear it's a balmy 31 degrees in Alaska right now. <laughs> Man, didn't you hear they got their bathing suits out today? Hell yes. Got the Speedo uh, ready, fellas, just for the, you. The, right, the DV <laughs> Oink Kong. <laughs> you can get that at the DV store, by the way. 10% discount with code. With <laughs> <laughs> <was> code. <laughs> Happier than a pig in melted snow that's yellow. <laughs> and then down uh, this way in my back wood territory, neck of the wood thing, whatever the fuck you guys want to call it, because, hey, you guys got jokes. I ain't. Uh, he loves to play with wood. 
Uh, he has a business. It's called What's Hot Wood Turning. Go to whatshotwoodturning.com. Get all your custom-made wood-turned essentials today. Get some gifts. Get whatever the fuck you want. Just just hit him up. Message him. He'll make it for you. But it's none other than Mr. Joaquin Watai. It's JJ. What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> I miss that. That was the good old days before Bud Light got, or Bud Lizer got uh, woke. <laughs> Dude, you remember that uh, that uh, sweeper I made? That was a joke parody of Budweiser. It was. Let's go to the West a little ways and in this big ass state of hot fucking mess. It's none other than <laughs> our brother, Mr. Bender. Yo, what's up, everybody? We, yeah, because uh, there's a lot of men in here, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry to hear about your troubles up there in Alaska. Um, <laughs> Deep down here in the heart of Texas, it's uh, we're actually bracing for a cold front. I think the low is going to be like thirty-eight. Um, oh, that's definitely shorts and t-shirts there. Yeah, my uh, <laughs> my German Shepherd, he's shedding his winter coat right now, and like I live in a small space, but it looks like fucking Bigfoot and Michelle Obama took turns shaving their balls in here. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hair everywhere. Michelle Obama being the hairier of the two. <laughs> Oh, it's the Texas Wookie. Um, and then <laughs> oh, <shit>. <laughs> everything's <laughs> bigger in Texas. Oh, 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 shit. <laughs> 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 not not bender, it's more like <laughs> <laughs> I just threw up with my mouth a little. <laughs> <laughs> And then we go a little north uh, in the States, and he is streaming to all the social media platforms for us until I get my fiber installed, which is hopefully in the next few few days. Cross your fingers. It is none other than from MBR Radio, Mr. Joel Hunt. How you doing, Joel? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Super fantastic. Yeah, so we got a bit of a, uh, a a story to finish tonight, uh, but before we do, let me check on our promotions for the store, which I totally forgot to fucking do during the uh, pre-show because I have been having stomach issues today, and it felt so great. Um, if you didn't hear last week, we started uh, talking to Bender about why he took uh, a bit of a hiatus from DV, all things DV. Uh, everything DV, uh, DV radio, DV farm, you name it. Um, and just so you all know, I did find the promotion next week, February 23rd through the 29th. That's a long ass time. So you guys better get in on this 20% off of everything at the DV radio store. 
That's February 23rd through February 29th. 20% off of everything because we got a leap year this year. I guess they're wanting to give you guys an extra week. Um, but you go to dvradiostore.net, click on the DV Radio Store, and you can get all your stuff. Be sure you click the redeem button. If you don't click the redeem button at the top of the page, you won't get your promotional offer. Uh, but again, February 23rd through February 29th, 20% off everything at the DV Radio Store, dvradio.net. Click on the DV Radio Store, uh, buy your DV Farm stuff to help support DV Farm. Uh, PTS dog, your life matters, DV against DV, uh, Betsy Ross, Surgeon War Dog, uh, DV Radio. Just help us, help us help you help them. All right. That, that's how we doing it. Um, so yeah. Uh, but last week we were talking to Bender. Uh, he was telling us why he took a hiatus. Uh, he did talk about, um, him and his wife having some issues and uh he admitted that he was in the wrong with uh, a moment of cheating on his his wife and that just that was the basically the straw that broke the camel's back correct bender yeah yeah that was cherry on top yeah sorry sorry i I seen you mute out right as i was getting ready to go (laughs) on you um so yeah that happened last week we cut it off because i didn't want to go you know another hour and a half and then us have another half hour discussing everything uh but this week we're going to finish that story uh and and get up to the point where he's back with us now Uh, we will dive into some depression and, and and suicidal tendencies and all that good stuff and i don't mean good stuff as in hey it's good to have suicidal tendencies um but we will discuss what was that all i wanted was a pepsi (laughs) (laughs) i i I need to look like the picture yeah um but we will dive into all that and we will discuss it and uh if you're somebody that is listening and you need to go talk to somebody go to battle in distress or objective zero or any of the resources that we've given you um please please do so and if you think you're gonna be somebody that gets i hate this word but triggered uh by anything that's said here tonight please go ahead and click off uh stop the stop the stream we will not have any anger towards you at all about that but without further ado uh like i said last week you were homeless you were living alone in your vehicle so bender let's pick it up from there and let's get on with the rest of your story good sir all right yeah um so yeah just a quick recap um uh there was issues in the marriage beforehand and post-military thought they'd get better they didn't i was struggling with my own issues um you know uh and the cheating thing you know like i say I, there's no excuses i i let it happen uh was it right no not at all um but uh you know at a certain point by that point i'd already kind of isolated myself from dv friends everything else um and so kind of set myself up for this course of self-destruction and that became like an outlet to just like was one step further towards that um and uh yeah so you know of course naturally uh well i finally finds out what's going on and and uh <laughs> you know throws my ass out of the house and i uh take up residence in my uh my vehicle um little suv ahead at the time and 
so I was getting by. I was still going to work every day, still kind of on the outside presenting myself as a functional human being. Um, and, uh, and honestly, believe it or not, that's not actually the lowest point. You know, I mean, a lot of people kind of figure like, oh, you just flushed away your family, everything else. You know, I was still, still driving on, still hadn't really, I talked to a couple therapists, you know, been told I had some depression and PTSD, um, but never really continued pursuing things, um, till kind of after this, um, but basically after living my, my car for about month, month and a half, um, eventually, uh, uh, my wife found out, she just assumed when she threw me out that I'd shacked up with this other woman, which wasn't the case. Um, part of it was just, uh, like pretty much once she threw me out, other than a few conversations, I didn't really have anything else to do with that other woman. Um, and really I think living in the car was just a way of punishing myself even more, not only for the act I'd committed, but everything leading up to it. Um, all the issues we had, all the fights we'd had for years, just trying to like, like figure out my role in like our deteriorating marriage. Um, I kind of finally developed these beliefs that, you know, it was like, it was all me. Um, the, the things I was facing that, that, you know, she was, she had no role in, you know, she didn't change at all. She didn't have a role in things. She didn't have previous issues that might be affecting our lives today. You know, even if I try to bring those things up, it was all spun back on me. Um, but, you know, so we had this conversation and she offered, you know, well, I didn't realize you were living in your car. If you want to, um, do you want to try to make this work? Um, you can come back and, but you're going to go to therapy. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And lay out all these ground rules for me. And I asked her a few questions. I'm like, you know, am I going to still be paying for sins from your past? And that was kind of a big question at that time, because that was one thing that I felt she had an abusive marriage prior to me. And I didn't know the full extent of it until shortly after this situation. But, um, but essentially I always kind of felt like I was paying a price for something that somebody else had done and I didn't think it was fair. And it was, but again, it was a precedence that I kind of let be established early on in our relationship. And so you fast forward 10 years and now it's becoming bigger issues, but getting off the rails a little bit, sorry. Um, coming back into what's important. So, you know, I feel like scum. I'm trying to like sort out in my head. Okay. Can, how can I make this up? How can I make this right? Um, you know, and really, if you in a situation like that, when you fuck up, especially something that major, I mean, it really boils down to any time you do screw something up, you do, do commit some kind of uh, offense to somebody, something legitimate. There is no taking it back. There is no making it right. 
if it's something you're truly sorry for, best you can do is offer that apology, ask for forgiveness, and from that day forth, show that person or people, whatever it may be, whatever situation may be, that you're going to be the best version of yourself. You're going to be a better version of yourself each day from that point forward. And that's all you can do. And I think that's where a lot of vets tend to struggle too, is when they are in a situation like that, where it's like, Oh, I'm always the problem. Um, you know, maybe you are, maybe there is something that you have to fix for yourself. Sometimes maybe it's certain things being twisted around to reflect back on you. Um, that's another thing whole other conversation we'll get into that a little bit later about figuring those things out but um you have to understand that even if you did something wrong nobody's obligated to forgive you it's their choice and you have to try to understand yes i fucked up I'm doing the best I can to show you that I'm better than I was when I made that poor decision. But at the end of the day, if they choose not to forgive you, you just have to understand that that's their choice and be put in enough effort to know that you did the best you could to show them you were different. Mm -hmm. And if that's not enough, it's not enough. And you have to be willing to accept that. Yeah. Don't, beat yourself up on it right i feel like a lot of people kind of get hung up there so moving on now i start start seeing therapists start like kind of really trying to dive in um the therapist i was seeing um she was an older woman kind of like that grandma type uh she wasn't really experienced with military individually but she was kind of a trauma expert so and it was somebody we had known and so kind of trusted had a little rapport with already um and going in and start diving into things um i always kind of felt like i did have like a form of ptsd and maybe it's just the way they now they have kind of like an umbrella description for it you know i always believed that ptsd would lead to like flashbacks Mm-hmm. like kind of what you see you know straight up like oh i'm in another place than the here and now um and then it had to come from i always believe that it had to come from like a specific event right you know um and some of the things i learned about it was that um it can actually develop when you're in high stress situations for long periods of time and it's in a high state of like uh, hyper awareness. Right. That it can develop over time. Doesn't necessarily, it can be a series of small events. Doesn't have to be that one major event that you might imagine. Really quick, I think the stigma around PTSD or PTS, whatever they're calling it now, is that it's only combat veterans. It's, it's veterans or, or soldiers that were in the middle of the shit and getting shot at and seeing their friends blown up or whatever, right? But that's just not the case. It's not just them. It could be any number of traumatic moments in life that has happened to you, whether you were a child, a teen, in your 20s, 50s, 80s, it, it, it can happen at any time with anything. Even if you're straight up fobbit like myself, <laughs> um, you know, 
uh, I had a conversation with somebody on the DV page back in the day um, when I was uh, moderating. Um, it was one of the guys that kind of came on. Nick, y'all remember for a while it was like a big thing. It was like, oh, if you're not an eleven Bravo, if you're not, if you didn't kick, if you weren't out kicking indoors, you ain't shit. You're fucking you know have no reason to to have PTSD and blah blah blah. Yeah, I think Rico and I actually done a whole episode about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I remember this one dude in particular. I just told him, I'm like, look, man, it's a little bit different. Like, I was trained into kicking indoors. I did the live shoot houses, mm-hmm. but I got stuck on a base for my no choice of my own. Like, this is your job. This is where you are. Mm-hmm. And when indirect fire, rockets, mortars, da da da, a friend of yours on an aircraft gets shot down, you know, you know, you've got the training to go kick some ass, but you're not able to. And that can be very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Just sitting there in a bunker, listening to these fucking rockets going off, knowing that like, Oh, I should be out there just fucking these guys up. And you can't. Yeah. And he's like, well, I guess I can kind of see that. Thank you. Appreciate it. I mean, our um, guilt, mine and your guilt where we were quote unquote fobbits is almost as bad as survivor's guilt, right? That was out actually out there doing shit beside somebody because we didn't even get to lift a fucking rifle and shoot at the enemy, right? So it, it, it's it's almost as bad. And I'm not taking away from survivor's guilt at all. I don't want anybody to misconstrue that in any way, shape, or form. But when you're wanting to get out there and they're telling you, no, you got this job, you got to do this here now and it's like are you are you fucking kidding me like we can't jason born this shit <laughs> like yeah, yeah. we had a couple pilots that kind of went i mean not similar situation but you know they had a request from the army come in for air support and we had our 15s in the air of course fully loaded but it just so happened the uh commander of the base at the time he flew 16s so he uh hears that call come in as well because he's in the air calls our 15s off and he goes in with the 16s to drop his ordinance for the air support instead of our guys. So I kind of pissed our guys off a little bit, if you know what I'm saying, but mm-hmm. yeah, what can you do? He was a base commander. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, when you was, when you was uh, talking a little bit about survivor's guilt, I was going to, I was going to share a moment that happened this, this last week. It was like Tuesdays, Wednesday, you know, I, I think I talked to you, Bo told you that I was going through something, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just triggered, but I tell you, like no matter what i do how much good i try to do in this world i still to this day and it doesn't matter what anybody says like i'm not special i came back and my friends didn't and that depresses the shit out of me because Mm -hmm. I'm no better than them. Why, 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 you know. Yeah, and And a lot of times you feel like. Go ahead, Ben. I'm going to say a lot of times you feel like you're worse than they are because they made that sacrifice and you're like, you know, they didn't deserve that. Right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's where it stems from is you feel worse than they do. That's Um, where a lot of the the what is my purpose what is my mission etc etc to keep going why why am i here and they're not i mean me and my uh 
she she's basically a sister. She runs Antoine Chaos with me, DB Fox. You guys have heard her in the she's the one that does the objective zero bit. We have very bad Crohn's and we're like, why the fuck are we here and other people aren't? Like we we've literally come close to dying so many times we can't even, we don't have enough digits to count it. And it's like why why us, right? But there's some things that I think are left best uh, left best left unanswered. And there's a reason we're here. I don't believe in religion. I don't believe in destiny. I don't believe in consequences. That being said, I believe everybody has a purpose, whatever fucking purpose that might be. And it might take somebody 10 minutes to figure out what their purpose is. It might take somebody until the day they're on their literal deathbed to figure out what their purpose is. Um, but if it wasn't for you, Joel, you wouldn't have the MBR and you wouldn't have all those people doing MBR. If it wasn't for JJ, he wouldn't be making people happy with his woodwork. I mean, the list could go on forever, right? So, and telling me that you don't put a a, a mic flag on the on the uh, on the on the yoke because it's not like a uh, putting a set of nuts on a geo spectrum or a Chevette. Yeah. 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 Did you have? Hey, I'm still learning the radio stuff. I'm still learning. You know, I think everybody's still learning. But you know, I didn't think of I didn't think of the mic flag being like that. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that, that drives me and, and keeps me going on the, you know, the whole survivor's guilt thing is I am going to live my way, my life in a way that honors them and their, and, and their sacrifice. Absolutely. Betsy Ross writes, uh, keep fighting the fight us. Yep. That's our sister, Betsy Ross. Yep. If you haven't read her her books, Light Theories, go go check them out. Um, at, at her website, but at the end of the day, all of us are kind of like that butter robot from Rick and Morty. What is my purpose? You pass the butter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's really that's all. I mean, <laughs> that all of us are like that. Um, and uh, you know, and that kind of leads back to more of some of the stuff I learned. Um, while doing the therapy is a lot of it too comes back down to learning what you can control. Um, we couldn't control who got taken when we were overseas. We couldn't control our role necessarily overseas. And we kind of did by MOS sort of, but you know what I mean? Kind of what we're discussing now. Um, we couldn't control who got taken. Just like when we come back and we're dealing with our interpersonal relationships, to a certain point, we can't control other people's reactions, other people's thoughts. Right. And sometimes I think a lot of us are guilty of this. This is what this, I was certainly guilty of this. And this was one of the things that started leading me to the really dark place before I really learned. Be aware of what you can control. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like you see, you see that. I think I see this meme. It circulates every once in a while. Um, you know, about like uh granting me God granting me the strength to do the wisdom to know this, the strength to do that, and something about not, you know, giving shit less about what you can control. It really I think a lot of us burden ourselves with and we weigh ourselves down with things we have no control over. We had no control over. Yeah. Um, I think maybe it's a part of human nature. Like we want to feel like we're in control, we want to be in control. You know, like I've got some weird fucking thing against Roombas because I can't control it. 
Yeah. Like, I see one of those things running around, like, bumping into shit all randomly and stuff. Like, even the newer ones, it'll map out your house. Like, good job, you know, ATF on that one. But, uh, <laughs> but still, like, even if it's just running around on its own, like, because I'm not in control of the thing, like, my anxiety goes up. Uh-huh. Like, we had one. And I told my wife, I'm like, run that fucker while I'm at work. Like, set the timer for it, like, right after I leave or something. If I come in and see that thing running, like, I don't know. And Betsy, says, and Betsy Ross says fight talks about this as well. Yeah. And, you know, I have this big anxiety thing with blinking lights. If it's not got a purpose, I can't have it going or it can't be in my sight. Like, I know that's weird as fuck, just like your Roomba thing. But if there is a blinking light, you better cover it up or something because I will lose my fucking shit. It's b- bad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, you are tuned in to Barrick's talk here on WDVRDVRadio.net. We are your finishing Bender story from last week. Uh, he's been discussing basically um, the down downward spiral of depression. Is that correct, Bender? Is that the best way to put it? Yes. Um, often cases, seems like depression and PTSD kind of get linked, intertwined with each other. Like they kind of just mix and swirl swirl like swirl together and drag you down yeah so yes now so <clears throat> you're you're on this spiral you're you're talking to your therapist is there a point where and, and we and i know that you were homeless there for a while um and that was obviously quote unquote rock bottom but mental wise what was your rock bottom during all of this so while I'm in this process and I'm still learning, it's still a process. Um, one thing, you know, it's not like, it's not like as things were happening, it's not like I was publicly posting on Facebook, you know, like taking selfies of myself, sleeping inside my car, like, you know, fucking hashtag van life type shit or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. not like blasting out. They're like, Hey, I just got done you know banging this other chick uh set myself up for failure here um it's not like i was publicly doing it but i know i was posting things and i was kind of like stuff that i I guess to me at the time when i posted it might have felt like a cry for help veiled or not um well i know there for a little while before you basically jumped off the face of the earth um you posted a few things and i got a little concerned at one time and i actually messaged you a few times and i i don't pester people i think most people here know that but you were like no i'm good and and you told me a little bit and i let you i basically let you go on a rant session that night i don't know if you remember it or not but i was like well if you need anything but then you just disappeared it was like watching a bad um magic trick on stage like nothing is there anymore right yeah yeah (laughs) mommy the rabbit died (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and that was and and that's all part of the stuff leading down like so like i i felt like i had posted some clear cries for help and even after me and the wife got back together i still kind of had my facebook going um and i remember I remember posting this one meme because it was starting to like 
well, I'm still going through the therapy and stuff like that. And I don't know if it was part of my wife's coping process. I don't know if it was, I, I don't know what her reasoning was for keep continuously telling me these things. Um, but she would always tell me like, um, like kind of once the news broke of what had, was going on and I was, we had split up. Um, and when, after we got back together, she kept telling me about like all these old friends and family and people we hadn't talked to in years, just coming out of the woodwork to check on her and see how she was doing. I don't know. I don't know if she was trying to do that to take digs at me. I don't know. Let me ask you. I I had a feeling you were going to say that, but do you think it was that? Do you think it was the fact that maybe you weren't doing what they were doing? Do you think it was a little bit of both? Do you think she felt like she was on a high horse? Like, Honestly, I'm not sure. I never really tried to dig it out of her what Mm -hmm. her ultimate goal was with this because it might have been just her trying to trying to say that we would have been all right without you kind of a thing i don't know and and, you know i i think also we failed to realize that sometimes we have to kind of look at ourselves and and be mature and realize that maybe it's it you know it's not everybody else it's like uh, it's our own like toxic traits because that's one thing that I've that I've noticed is that you know I was I was always thinking it was everybody else and then I'm like you know I am annoying sometimes or uh, you know I I, I do just um, you know Tourette syndrome kind of like filter kind of crap so I I think right. I I think we all need to do that as well. Yeah, no, that's very real, too. Um, there was one thing that she said to me, because when she would keep telling me this, like at one point I did tell her, I'm like, you know, can you just stop telling me this? Because when I'm at that, at that point, I thought that was my lowest point, was sleeping in the car. I was like, nobody reached out to me mm-hmm. after they heard what, you know, of our people that were closer to us, you know, like, you know, like, and you all hear that we're around at that time, like, I don't blame because I'd already distanced myself from the group so it's not like you know but the, the thing is though is um you know i was like i was like good for you i'm glad these people are reaching out caring for you but nobody was coming at checking on me and she's like well you know you've uh, the whole thing was shocking because of course this is another thing to uh look out for i think um she did explain to me that uh the people around us, like I've always been kind of that go-to guy, the moral compass, like everything's good to go with him. He's solid. You were the rock that never breaks. Yeah. And, and that's why I tried to explain to her at that time. And I was like, well, okay. If I'm, if I'm the rock, if I'm the go-to guy, if I'm, if I'm the solid one that everyone can lean on and we don't have to worry about him because he's got this. Mm-hmm then how come it didn't send up any red flags that I would do something so fucking out of character, like step out of my marriage? Because some people are just so stuck in their own bubble. They don't realize how they affect or how they're, you know, that's a society too, right though. 
because right. even though we've got all these people talking about, hey, come talk if you need anything. Come, come, come let your feelings out. At the end of the day, in a man-woman relationship, the man shouldn't be emotional. That's how society looks at it, right? You should be good right. to go. You should be able to pick up your shit, wipe your tears, be a man, and walk the fuck on and be strong. That's how society looks at it. It doesn't matter what they say. That's how society looks at it, which is sad. It shouldn't be like that. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of a not i think my focus has kind of shifted after my experience not to just veterans mental health um part of you know but just men's mental health in general because Mm -hmm. i think that men now like whatever issues in society kind of drove this this correction i think things have kind of overcorrected now to the point where men are almost like marginalized for you know having feelings or if they do like you know like like, like will Will smith that meme about him crying listening to stories of his wife cheating on him Mm -hmm. you know like that dude's fucking soul is breaking and it becomes a fucking meme yeah you know, we're all. That's what I'm saying about society, though, right? Yeah, exactly. Society yeah, looking at that, saying, "Oh, he's a he's a pussy," but if it was her yeah. doing the exact same thing, "Oh, girl, we got you. You need anything?" And that's yeah. society. That's not individuality. That's the sad part about all of this. Yes, and see, I think so. That's where that's where it led me really to my lowest lowest point mm-hmm. was the societal outcry. And I think that was one of the final memes I shared on my old Facebook profile was I think everyone's seen it, the picture, like the dude holding the dog and yeah. like the cat sitting in the background with little tears in its eyes. And it was like society was the dude, like the dog was like girls and they have problems and the cat in the background was being ignored was dudes and they have problems. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what really got me to that lowest point was after everything, you know, and I'm starting to try to crawl my way back and it's a bumpy road, you know, kids are upset you know they, they have their moments like some moments are like it's cool you know because they were still you know i think at the time oldest was like 16 17 youngest was like 12 13 at that time so so they were kind of like back and forth you know it was like one moment things were fine like dad's back yeah he messed up but it's cool but then other moment, moments said you know they'd be pissed about it that was their mom whether they could kind of see what's going on or not that's still their mom they're going to be defensive about it right mm-hmm. um and yeah so eventually i started kind of getting to that point where i was like nobody gives a flying fuck about me uh, here i am like fucking drowning and nobody can be bothered even though i did fuck up nobody can be bothered to say hey dude are you okay what happened yeah like, what, what happened why, to you why did you fuck up what what yeah was about yeah and um and so one evening um you know i, I cooked dinner and stuff like that and uh was uh this turned out to be one of the rougher evenings i was trying to like, joke around with some of the boys and 
it was just particularly that evening they were not having it not in a good mood and uh i just kind of started thinking like well all i do is just fuck everything up and everyone around me is just hurt and pissed off all the time you know um i'm the one in therapy because i'm the one's all fucked up i can't get anything right all i do is hurt people why should i stick around hurting people Mm -hmm. and um so i pulled uh pulled old mr 45 out of the safe and i grabbed my holster and i put it on there because i mean these like thoughts tendencies they kind of slip in every once in a while for years so it's like in the back of my mind that was kind of like a vague plan but while i'm sitting there just kind of staring at the floor and my mind is just racing through all this stuff and my breathing was real short and quick uh but i just said okay i know where i'm gonna go because i don't want the kids to find me um i know if i kind of cut through this neighborhood and walk through this field leave me like out to this field out in the middle of nowhere where you know the fucking the jogger will find me in a few days or some shit like that mm-hmm. um and uh so i uh tucked in the holster and started to head back downstairs and uh just so happened one of my boys was standing there right by the door um and uh he just kind of gave me the hey like hey you know i know things are rough but i love you dad and uh I was hugging him and telling him that everything was going to be okay. I loved him too. With that pistol strapped to me. Well, uh, the wife, she saw it and something about how I was hugging my son set her off. Mm-hmm. She could tell something wasn't right. And, um, Eventually, I broke contact with my son. I told him, okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Things will be better. I love you. Kind of sent him off back to his room. And uh, she could see us from inside. She was inside our garage. She could see us from inside the garage. And as soon as I came out there, she had this, like, this freaked out look on her face. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm taking a walk. And um, she was like, no you should stay here and i'm like no i'm not staying here i need a minute i need to take a walk and i started to walk out the garage door was open i started to walk out you know she tried to get in my way and stuff like stand in front of me she's like no you gotta stay you gotta stay and um and i you know i wasn't violent nothing like that <laughs> explaining it you know all i did was i just gently like stepped like kind of like made her step aside kind of like sidestepped her you know what i mean i didn't shove her down or nothing like that but i was like no just give me this i need this time by myself and so i just kind of like brushed past her and so she ran over and slammed the button to close the garage door and uh i don't know you know i could have indiana jones did i could have i could have done a lot of things at that point um but i just sat there and watched the garage door close down just inches in front of my face 
and uh you know kind of kind of broke down a bit and she came up behind me like now she's deeply concerned she she came up behind me put her arms around my waist <laughs> and that's when she felt it felt the pistol um and uh you know of course people have different reactions to certain things um she was upset uh obviously angry that i would go try i was thinking of doing something like that or that i was that close um and uh it was really hard because in that moment all i wanted was to be alone and just at that point i didn't care if i had the pistol or not i just wanted to be alone just to just to sort myself out recenter and uh i just remember that <laughs> that wasn't really possible it was just uh real rough just wanting to like i said just okay i just need to be alone i don't need i don't need chattering i don't need anybody telling me how fucked up i am for thinking about doing what i'm doing think of the kids blah 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 because blah. it was like in my mind i was thinking about the kids According to you and the fact that everybody else just fucking ignores me, all I do is fucking hurt the kids. So I am thinking about them. They ain't going to hurt no more if I'm gone, right? That was, uh, that's where I was at. Um, but it took a while. And I guess without that, with that, without out there in the open, in a way, it did feel like a weight off of his chest or off my chest, excuse me. Just like the, the like, kind of like, well, here we go. You know, like, you know, like <laughs> when you break your mom's vase when she's at work, like her favorite vase, <laughs> you're just like dreading it and hiding it all day. Mm-hmm. I guess I've been kind of like dreading and hiding like how broken I was for years. And so part of it was relieving just be like, yeah, here it is. It's just fucked up. <laughs> I don't think Super is going to fix this one. Right. Um, but uh, you know, um, but you're doing okay now, Bender. Yes, you're doing okay yes, I now. I mean, look at the road that you just <laughs> have been through. I mean, you just you've you have created a playbook for somebody that is either has or is currently going through the same thing that you are uh, so you share so. what well, you share in your experience you uh, know there, there's going to be a veteran out there he, he, if he does if he's not listening now he'll listen to a podcast and he'll hear he'll hear the grind he'll hear the struggle and he might follow your footsteps because uh, he knew that you got through it when he didn't know he could get through it right and i'm sorry i don't mean to i don't <laughs> no, mean to like take the show over and and step on my uh so dish this is the reason why they meet me no brother man i appreciate it uh gives me a second to recoup because honestly this is uh the first time I've really talked about this scenario, like in this kind of grave detail. So it is kind of shaking me up a little bit, kind of thinking back to some of this because 
like I said, some of it, I just, it's not that I've forgotten it or that I've pushed it down. It's just that it's a tender spot. So this is the first time for me really digging back into it deeply, you know? Um, but again, going back to the therapy, um, trying to practice the things that I was being taught, you know, it can be hard. It's tough. Um, like we said, carrying unnecessary guilt, learning what you can control, learning what you can manage. Um, in the first show, I talked about beliefs, you know, and I think a lot of these are pretty basic things um, that I think most people, if they've even dabbled with therapists, may have heard some of these things and might think, oh, this is bullshit. Uh, in my experience, it's not. You know, and everyone's situation is different, you know, so maybe it doesn't seem like that. But uh, one thing I used to say is like, you know, you don't climb a mountain in one leap. It all starts with a single step. And so sometimes you got to change those beliefs. You know, I believe that nobody gave a fuck about me. I believe that all I did was hurt everyone around me. It was no good. It was useless to them. Even though when I start looking around, like I've raised my kids in a, a, a nice house in a nice neighborhood. They've gone to good schools. They've gotten most everything they've wanted. They've never needed anything. I was like, you know, the kids are well adjusted. They love me. Like, why am I thinking this way? Like start looking at it. Really? Like, yeah, I fucked up, but you know what? Really? No. I am a good fucking father. I was a good provider in my family. Mm-hmm. You know, start looking at those things. Stop letting those negative thoughts telling you, oh, you're a worthless piece of shit. Yeah, you're doing all this, but it's not good enough. Even if you're hearing it from other people. Because that was part of my problem was I was hearing it from some of the people closest to me. <laughs> I, I felt like no matter what I did, it was just never good enough. Right. And so I started changing those beliefs. Like, you know what? Fucking look around. Like my wife and my kids have a pretty fucking good. And that's because of me. And if they can't see that, then that's something I can't control. <laughs> so for those that are listening, what was it? What was that eventuality that, brought you out of that for lack of a better term suicidal hole um and i know it's a tough topic for yourself and i know it's hard for people to listen but that's why you wanted to talk about this that's why you wanted to get it out there yeah because because it's it's the truth there's more men and women going through this than they want to admit to and i think um, like we had talked about me and you one-on-one, it needs to be said and it, we don't need to pussyfoot around it. Yeah. I think, like I said, I think for me, the start of climbing out of that hole was getting it out there. Just saying it, mm-hmm. you know, like I want to fucking end myself. <laughs> like I was on that verge, like had you just let me on by that would have been the last time you'd seen me like you know so you know credit to my wife for that like we did have our issues i'm not saying that she didn't love me i'm not saying that 
you know, but I'm just saying we had issues that we couldn't work past or we were having trouble working past. Oh, you know, I mean, didn't mean that every aspect of our relationship was healthy, you know, because I do feel like <laughs> a little later on in the therapy, I kind of started to realize a little bit too, she was a contributing factor mm-hmm. to my depression, the level of depression and, and, um, thoughts of suicide. Right. And honestly, I feel like that's where it comes from, from a lot of people, their spouse, their family units, whatever, whatever their close circle is, is maybe their health, their relationship, their communication isn't very healthy. Right. And I don't, and, I f- and before I ask you this question, I don't think a lot of people, whether it's significant other friends, family members or whatever, when you're, like you said, you were hearing the negatives from so many people. I don't think a lot of them realize that they're actually feeling something nine times out of 10 that they don't recognize that they don't know what's going on with you. Right. And you had all these um, emotions, these thoughts, these feelings bottled up because you said it in the last episode, you really didn't have anybody to go to. Right. That's right. That's how you felt. Right. That's how you felt. Yes. There, there was no family member, no close family friends that you could go to and be like, look, this is where I'm at. This is how I feel. This is what's fueling that desire. And I don't know how the fuck to get away. You didn't have that. At least you felt that way. Yes. No, very, very well explained. Yes. That's, that's how I felt. Um, and I think that's a good point you made is sometimes these people closest to you that they are fueling this stuff and they don't realize it. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's very uh, true. And um, and I'm not saying know, so those people have bad intentions, right? Exactly. But, and, and I'm not saying they shouldn't point out your flaws because nobody's fucking perfect. That in mind, I think some people take it to a whole nother level, right? They take it to that level that it shouldn't be taken to because they don't know what you do on the daily. They don't know how your life is with your family on the daily. All they know is what they see or what you've told them or what the wife has told them or, or whatever. Right. Yeah. Or what they believe based on what they see. Yes. Right. And, uh, and yeah. And, um, so yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that they have cruel intentions, anything like that. They may have the best intentions in the world, but you know, you know what they say about good intentions. It's just, even though you have good intentions, doesn't necessarily mean you know how to um, deliver it correctly. Mm-hmm. You know, I think one of the things that you, when you were you know, when you were talking a little bit ago, you know that you don't ever want to put yourself and and I've done it, um, and I think most of us have done it is put yourself in, in a point where in your life where you're looking to other people for for your self worth and your and your validation. Um, because sometimes they just don't see it. Like they don't know Mm -hmm. that 300% that you put in day after day to provide, to do the best, to be the best that you can, can be and do the best that you can for your family. And uh, over time that just sort of gets taken for granted and people don't recognize that. Like you have to love yourself. You have to know your own self-worth and not necessarily rely on others for validation of that. Exactly. Exactly. That's kind of where I was going with that, where I was saying like, you know, when I, I started looking around like, no, 
this is not true. Look at the life my kids have had. Look at the things that they've been able to do. Look at what I've provided for them. You know, like that was me making that turning point, like discovering my self-worth that regardless of what even my own wife is telling me. <laughs> and then that became kind of a point of contention for us later on. Um was I was no longer going to accept that. I mean, like I said, I'm not saying I was perfect and I'm not saying I handled things perfectly. Um, you know, I, uh, the support system you were supposed to have from your significant other wasn't there. That's what you're trying to say. I didn't feel like it. Right. I did not feel like it. I'm not saying that she wasn't trying in her way. Just saying I didn't feel it. It wasn't working for, we had communication issues. You said it a little bit earlier when you started going through therapy, you started to recognize that a lot of what she was saying or doing, what whichever uh, it was, was factoring in to your thoughts, whether it was suicidal or depression or what have you, right? Right. And uh, I know we're getting kind of short on time, so I'm going to rush a little bit in some of this last few things. Um because we can kind of give the recap uh, here in a little bit, but, um, but yeah, that's exactly it. And once me and my therapist, like we kind of broken through some of the PTSD stuff and I kind of had some tools and kind of started acknowledging my own self-worth and acknowledging that, you know what, I don't need that validation from other people. Like Recoil was saying, like I need to be able to recognize my own validation. Just like you need to be able to recognize when you do make a mistake, you need to be able to recognize the good too. You can't let it get one-sided either way. <laughs> you have to be able to take the good with the bad, but you have to be able to see it for yourself. That is a key. Um, but, and then we kind of started working back towards the, the infidelity aspect. And one of the things she told me was she's like in a situation like that, she's like blame always goes both ways. It might be 50, 50, it would be 90-10, but there's always some blame in a scenario like that because, you know, you, you see the, you see the like high drama bullshit stuff on Facebook where you're like, oh, my man wasn't providing this for me. So that's why I went to this other dude because he could give me what this guy wasn't. To a point that's true, does it make it right? No. Does it mean that's something you should brag about? I don't think so. But, um, so then I bring that up with my wife is like, okay, this is kind of where we're at. And she'd like to see us together for a few meetings. And then that was kind of like an absolutely like, hell no. Like it was all on me. I was broken and made stupid choices kind of was her way of coping with it. Essentially she was gaslighting the situation and putting all the blame on you. Yes. Right. And I see that a lot with relationships. Yeah. We've seen that on the page when we were modeling. Yeah. And so and that's part of my point is I'm not trying to, like I said, I said at the beginning of the, or the first episode, I am by no means trying to bash my wife. I'm not by no means trying to say she's a bad person, that she did not do good for me, that she did not love me, that I'm just saying there were issues personality conflicts ways of poor communication that became issues for us that became bigger than maybe they needed to be 
uh, you know, I'm by no means. You let things get out of control, right? Yes. I'm by no means trying to say she was a terrible mother. I'm not saying she was a bad wife. Just saying, knowing what I know now, perhaps we could have done things differently starting fucking almost 20 years ago. Maybe things would be different today. Because now we are divorced. After all of this, we still ended up getting divorced. Um, but I'm still doing okay. I don't, I, I still second guess myself sometimes, you know, did I make the right decision? You know, by saying, you know what? Yes, you're right. We're done. Should I have held on, tried to keep it together for a little longer? You know, I, I second guess myself, but again, having to recognize the good with the bad having to recognize the good that I did give it all I got. I went to therapy. I tried to talk to her, tried to, you know, I tried to make changes. I felt like, I feel like she was not willing to make any changes. I feel like my belief based on the experiences of the last few years for whatever her reasoning is, she cannot and will not accept her role in any of the fights, the arguments, the suicidal era, um, even even that crack in the door that I pushed open for the cheating. Let me see how I worded that. You know, I pushed it open. I'm not saying that, you know. I still made the choice. It was still me. Um, but um, I feel like that she has some acknowledgement there that she just refuses to do. That's how I feel. Um, she doesn't feel the same way, which is now why we're divorced. And so after going through all of that, I feel like it'd be pretty easy to slip back down to that slope. But um, no, I... Uh, you know, I don't get to see my boys as much. I miss them, but you know, the technology, we talk, text. Um, <laughs> one of my boys sent me a Bohica patch <laughs> because it was something we used to have. And uh, we'd lost him over the years, and he found a place to get some patches made, and he sent me one. Um, you know, so I feel good, even though, even though I went through all of that. And it's still kind of fizzled out. I feel like I feel like I did the best I could, and did I do it perfectly? Like I've been saying, I could do things. I could do things differently. Wish I would have done stuff different from the very beginning, but I can't change any of that. She can't change any of that. Um, that's the best we can do is just. Okay, I fucked it up, but here's some good points out of it, and here's the good that I can take with me for the future to build upon. Mm-hmm. Learn from the negative, but don't haul it with you. And I think that's where another thing that a lot of us tend to do when we start spiraling, holding on to too much. Yeah, dwelling on the past. Yeah, you got to pick out those little nuggets of wisdom from it. And kind of let the rest go and you know 
depending on where you are in that cycle, that sounds like a monumental task or sounds like a load of hippie dippy bullshit. But those are the lessons I learned. They work for me. So I'm here to tell you there are ways through it, but it does require some work on your own. And absolutely. I've found it like no matter where I'm at, you know, on a high point in my life, on a low point in my life or whatever, it, it's the harder, the two hardest things to push out of my brain are intrusive, negative things. Mm-hmm. And the things that I can't do anything about, like, I, I, I really do genuinely struggle to, to let go of shit that I can't do anything about a lot of times, you know? And, and then the other thing is on the flip side, the things that you can do something about, you have to, grab yourself by the collar and and get those things done you know the things that you can do something about one thing i want to say to you bender first and foremost is i want to commend you on making it through all that bullshit first and foremost um because it is bullshit at the end of the day right it's and it's like you said if maybe you'd started 20 years ago maybe it wouldn't have this domino effect excuse me, but it happened and you're not dwelling on the past. You're, you're, you're taking what you learned and you're building upon yourself. Um, and I, I want to commend you on the fact that you're talking about it, not just for yourself as a therapy, because I know it's a therapy just to get shit off your chest anyway, but you're, you're hoping. And as with all of us, that somebody that listens to this, that might be in that situation or is headed down that situation, that it doesn't spiral out of control. They don't get into a depressive state that flips into a suicidal state that gets worse, right? Because that would have been a very permanent end to a very temporary problem, right? And that just... We, we don't take that here at DV. Um, uh, just an update really quick. Joel lost power, so he can't uh, he can't stream right now. But. Um, yeah, it's it's very it's very eye opening at the same time, because I don't think enough people realize that so many of us are going through this or have went through this. And then when you add on the blocks of our past with our traumas, our PTSDs, our depressions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And us as men already, we're already bottling up all this bullshit. You add on that one thing. And as I said earlier, the straw that breaks the camel's back. Right. And then it's just, how do you stop that fucking train? That's out of, out of control. That has no brakes. Um, where we at? Oink. I'm here. Anything you want to <laughs> say or ask, Bender? Uh, you know, I think we've already said it. You know, being a longtime listener uh, and hearing his voice, hearing, you know, Six and, and Google and hell, even Marquee, you know, when we get a chance to, you know, have these guys come back and talk with us, it, it's, a, it's a joy, you know, especially for those, that's, you know, like me that's been listening for a while. So <clears throat> when I heard you were coming back, Ben, you know, it was great. It was awesome, you know, and I, I didn't know why you left, you know, and this has opened my eyes a little bit, you know, that it's something that, like I said before, that even though our our, our buddies are putting on that facade of, of everything's fine, everything's good, 
check on those guys because some of the strongest men and women that we know, I mean, they served in the military for fuck's sake and to have that brother or sister go down these rabbit holes and, and face these demons alone is, is something that I, I hope most of them, they get out of this is that, you know, reach out please, because there are brothers and sisters like us here at BV radio to objective zero to battle and distress to you name it that actually do care and, and want you to succeed and if you're struggling to find that path that, you know, to get you out of that recovery or, you know, get that recovery you need, you know, reach out, talk to your one of your best friends, say, hey, man, I'm, I'm hurting right now. What can you do? And a lot of times there's nothing that that individual himself or herself can do personally, but hopefully they can get you to the resources that can. So, um, you know, I commend you for telling your story tonight. Uh, and I'm glad you're back. You know, that sexy voice of yours is going to go far. We're going to make some more commercials, I'm sure. Uh, so, you know, congratulations, brother, and I'm glad you're back. Thank you, brother. Yes, it's good to be back. Yeah, and 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 like uh, Oink was saying, you know, that's another thing. When you reach out to talk to somebody, we're not saying you have to talk about what's on your mind. You, we, you don't have to talk about what's bothering you. Just talk to somebody. Just sometimes... Me and Recall or me and Oink or me and JJ or me and Bender, we'll just fucking talk about shit. And we know each other's in a bad fucking state, but it's just knowing that somebody's there listening, talking and gives a fuck. That's all that matters nine times out of ten when you're in a depressive mood or you have suicidal tendencies. It doesn't always have to be, well, this is why I'm in this fucked up state right now and then spill your guts all over them. Um, proverbially speaking, of course, <laughs> um, uh, unless you were like me today and you had to shit your guts out, but at that's the same, a different story. Yeah, that's a different story. <laughs> um, but at the same Next time, week on TV radio, <laughs> don't let it get to the point where Bender got to, or we brought him up on the show before, uh, JJ's good friend, best friend, Bob, don't let it get to that point where you either, almost can't get back or you can't get back right you don't want to get to that state at all uh jj i see you unmuted there i just wanted to tell bender thanks for sharing um sharing the 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 low spots you know um we don't talk about it and we should talk about it uh because that's part of the way that other other people who are dealing with PTSD, other veterans, it's part of the way that they learn that they're not alone, that there's support out there, that they're that other people have walked down a similar path. So uh, I just want to commend you for um, being brave enough to share for the first time with us this bunch of assholes who you know going to call you a pussy and tell you to suck it up, but at the same time. You know what? That's a that's a that's a tough thing to do. It's tough to say, "Hey, look, this is where I was. This is what I nearly did." Um, so thank you for uh, doing that because it takes a lot to do that. Uh, I appreciate it. And you're still a pussy. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There it is. No, uh, JJ's one hundred percent right. It, it takes a lot to not only admit it. But then to talk about it openly in in any open form, right? I mean, you're not just talking to to five good people. 
or friends. I don't want to say people. I better not say good people because we ain't good people, are we? We're fucked up. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we are dick bags. Uh, but you're also talking to whomever's listening to the podcast or the live show. And it, I've said it a thousand times and I'll say it a thousand more times until I can't say it on the radio any longer. The, the main reason we do the stuff we do here and the reason we talk about stuff so candidly and so openly is because we hope that just one person that is listening to us, whether it's live right now or on podcast in two days and two months and two years and 20 years can sit there and go, you know what? They're right. I need to get my shit straight. I need to straighten up and fly right. I need to reach out. I need to talk to somebody. I need to talk about something. I need to, I need to get out of that deep, dark, depressive, suicidal hole because that's what, that's what you're doing. We all have demons. I don't care who you are, what walk of life you come from. I don't care if you're rich or poor. You were in the middle of a gunfight. You were a fobbit. You were a Leo firefight. I don't care. Everybody, civilians, veterans, etc. We all have some type of bullshit that's happened in our life, some dark moment, and something's going to bring it up in our, in our futures, and we're not going to know what the fuck to do. And we're either going to suppress it or we're going to take the easiest route out, which is suicide, which we don't want people to do. We absolutely do not want you to do that. Um, that's why we have Objective Zero. That's why we have 988. That's why we have Battle in Distress and, and so many other resources that are out there. Um, there's free therapy. Nine times out of 10, there's free therapy in your local area. Whether it's once a month or once every six months, find it. Hell, they have video conference therapy now for like 10 bucks. Like, we live in an age where there is absolutely no excuse whatsoever for you not to call up or text or message somebody and be like, hey, you good? And I know texting's a cop out at times, but if you're like me, you don't like to talk on the phone unless it's to certain people, right? I hate talking on the phone. I fucking hate it. I want to see people face to face, but I can't do that with these dickwads because none of them want to fucking take a trip to my fucking house unless it's like once every fucking five years when one of us says fuck the DV radio contract and dies. Um, but, <laughs> oink. Um, <laughs> I not. But I got two and a half years to go yet before I get make my another trip. Come on. <laughs> but there is no excuse for you not to be at least checking on people. Everybody should be doing that. You don't have to be prior service you don't have to be a veteran i know we got civilians that listen on the on all the time so if you if you have friends and you think they're way too happy because i i know i'm way too happy at times i'm, I'm just don't crack that's that's another story again for another day but um if their social media doesn't quite line up with how they're acting personally be like are you, are you good you okay need to talk you want to scream? You want to yell? You want to go break shit? Let's break shit. It's it's really it's a, that. Yep. Always look out. You have that one friend. Even if it did something you think is absolutely deplorable, but it seems highly out of character, reach out. Um, maybe they are just being a sleazebag. Who knows? Maybe they've always been. They just hit it really well. But it doesn't hurt to at least reach out and find out for yourself. 
Um, and yeah, like Bo said, reach out. I mean, I was in the business of reaching out and I still shut everyone away from me. Um, and it just led me down darker. Um, and the whole purpose of me trying to tell my story, it wasn't necessarily, I've heard a lot of times, like I've been there, I've had the gun to my head, you know, but I wanted to kind of get into the why. Cause I feel like that's important for people to recognize the why, mm-hmm. why is this happening? Why am I feeling this way? And my particular story is I didn't feel like I had a very good support structure around me with those who were supposed to be closest to me. Maybe it's not that way for everyone. Maybe there's more to it than that. You know, you got this belief that's your spouse supposed to be there. Like, you know, hundred percent, but sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. And like I say, it's not necessarily their fault. Like we've covered doesn't mean that they necessarily have ill will. It's just maybe how, you know, how they deal with stress. Cause that's going to be a stressor finding out that, you know, your spouse wants to kill themselves. That's going to be a stressor. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not knocking them, but that's why it doesn't hurt to reach out. Even if it is outside your circle, like Bo was saying with, with some of these apps, it at least give you a free few sessions free. Um, just even if it's outside your circle, but definitely, yeah, don't uh, don't be afraid to talk about it. Yeah, and I've noticed for some people, it's easier for them to talk to a stranger. It's easier for them to open up to a stranger because how many times are they going to talk to that stranger again? Nine times out of ten, they ain't. So if you got to go right, yeah. somewhere and talk to a stranger, fucking talk to a stranger. I mean, but talk, just fucking talk. That's all it takes. Don't let it get to the um, proverbial end of the tracks or the dead end or, or whatever, right? Don't let it get to that part where you can't turn back because then you're going to leave the rest of us not only hurting, but you're going to leave the rest of us going, what the fuck? Why? And we'll never know. <laughs> so, um, Bender, is there anything else that you want to say to our listeners that are listening live or on podcast about your story or anything that's pertaining to the depression, the suicidal tendencies or anything of that nature? Uh, I feel like at this time, I've probably covered it as much as I can. Um, maybe I haven't really cleared this with you yet. I know I talked to you about it. Maybe you'll take a moment. Um, I am thinking about firing up a little DV bender page for a little humor, try to spread DV radio's good message. And for a chance just to interact with some of the listeners, um, you know, it's not going to be a crisis line or nothing like that. Um, I still got a job and stuff like that, so it won't be monitored, <laughs> but maybe some of the other, uh, host will pop in too um it's something that's in the works and the foundation that uh like i said ultimate goal hang out even just tell that t- tell a few dirty jokes that's you know whatever um uh but yeah like i say let's uh just uh don't be afraid to acknowledge like yeah i don't know <laughs> How many times did I beat this dead horse? Let me try from this angle. <laughs> uh, just, uh, yeah, reach out. Like, it's okay 
to even the thing, the people you think you should trust the most, it's okay to not feel comfortable going to them with stuff. Sometimes they might add to it intentionally or not. So find somebody that you can go to, to just open up and vent before it gets too far. Absolutely. And I mean, it might seem to some people we're beating a dead horse, but at the same time, you're not. Cause if you don't say it enough, somebody's not going to hear it. Right. Yeah. Um, well with that, let's go around again, the proverbial table, Mr. Recoil. All right, man. Uh, there's a, there's a lot, a lot here. Um, but first off, I, I just want to say, I, I'm truly thankful that your son and your now ex-wife were in your way that night. Uh, because I'm thankful that you're still here, brother. Yeah. And uh, appreciate it. Thanks, sir. You know, to, to, you know, to talk about the why, you know, I, I, to me, that's, it's critically important. And I, I'm so thankful that you're here to, t- to talk about it and, and tell people because it's like the old adage and an ounce of prevention is, is worth a pound of cure. Like if, if you can, if you can identify these things in yourself before you get to that point, you know, reach out, don't, don't be afraid to reach out. And yeah, you know, there's, there's something to be said for, you know, we live in a, in a time where you can actually form bonds and connections with people that, that aren't, you know, in your physical everyday world. You know, my, my, my best friends are the people that I'm talking to right now. Yeah. So like, you you don't ever want to really undervalue that either, you know, because you're, you're, you you can have good friends that you, that you don't get to physically see as often as you would like for sure. You know, but, uh, it's, it's huge that you're, you're just, you're throwing your pig out there on the block, man, for, for the whole world to see. And, and, uh, I love you for that, man. I, I really do because I, I feel like it can make a big difference for for other people. And you know, it's not just a, it's not just veterans too. I mean, it's some of the things that you that you talked about and brought up are, are they're man things. They're they're things that that men deal with in their lives because we aren't the ones that people you know go to and coddle when there's a situation going on. It's it does seem like we're out here on our own, and you know we're we're the rock of the family. We're the provider of the family and, and we're expected to do that and just drive on. But when we have a moment of weakness, there's, there's no one there when in reality, if we're more open about it, we have brothers that are there. Absolutely. So how, how close with my usual, you know, be, be safe and keep looking out for each other fuckers. But I, I, I had a lot to say there. No, you're, 100% right in doing so. I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, JJ. Once again, thanks for having the uh, courage to share your story. And uh, I would just like to encourage anybody who's listening live or in podcast. Um, it's a tough subject and it may raise some feelings. If you need to reach out, reach out. 988, objective zero whatever um don't bottle it up and uh i think that it's important to remember like you said bender men's mental health veterans we we have 
kind of an edge in that we can talk about it because there's a whole branch of government just to, to just there to help us recover. So a lot of times veteran radio shows, veteran podcasts, we're saying stuff that a lot of people who aren't veterans, but who are dealing with the same kind of situations can't say out loud or feel like they can't say out loud and making it safe for them to say it out loud, I think is part of our outreach to our community. So again, thank you for having the courage to just share. Thank you, brother. I appreciate the words. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's, he's 110,000% correct. Um, I think that's something that gets overshadowed more and more every day. Like we were talking, you know, it's the double standard in, in, in society. You know, women are, are the emotional ones. Men shouldn't be, you should be the rock and, and you should straighten up and walk the fuck out the door and not cry and not have feelings. That's, but, Please talk about your feelings. Which which one the fuck is it? <laughs> what do you want me to do, right? Um, but no, you're you're a hundred percent right, JJ. Um, before I move on to Oint, because he will close with uh, where what what resources to reach out to. I'm turning into Oint. Um, <laughs> Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. <laughs> Bender, anything uh, that you'd like to close with tonight? Um, well, we were mentioning you know men's health in general men's mental health and and uh first responders is all got brought up as well i would just like to say um to firefighters you know i wouldn't turn y'all away just like i wouldn't turn away one of my own like somebody i served side by side in iraq with but firefighters are the fucking air force of civil service bro <laughs> Shots hey, fired. Hey, fire. Well, that's yes, sir. <laughs> wait, wait until Scav and Roberto start their show. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna have that clip ready just for this. <laughs> uh, so, I guess I'll, that, that's my final thought. <laughs> Good, night. Good night, America. He ends with fuck firefighters, man. <laughs> if only Uncle Vester was here right now, I'd love to hear that comeback. Mag forty four in chat said, "Ouch!" What they should explanation points. Oh my God! Um, before I hand over to Oik, uh, please don't forget from February twenty third to February 29th, twenty percent off. Your entire order here at dvradio.net. Just click on the DV Radio store. Please, 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 please use those promotional offers when they're available. We, It's every month that there is a promotional offer available, whether it's free shipping, free shipping plus percentage off, or a percentage off. Please, I beg you, I implore you to use those promo offers. We still make the money from that. It's all profit for us. You're not hurting us. You're only hurting us by not actually buying products, whether it's DV Radio, uh, PTS Dog, DV Farm, Sergeant War Dog, Your Life Matters for Change Unchained, as well as DV Against DV. So please, February 23rd through February 29th, dvradio.net, click on the DV Radio store, get 20% off your entire order that entire time. Oink. Hey, when we say, we, you know, there's people out there that care, we actually mean it. You know, the Oz app, 
that we were talking about, Objective Zero, has uh, 2.6 thousand people trained over 2.6 thousand. So that means there's, you know, brothers and sisters willing to talk to you at any given time. You know, for 14,000 plus users that have been connected to Health and we, uh, Resource Center, you know, connections and sources. Sorry, I can spit that out. Sound like Bo now. But, uh, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, there's people out there to care. And like I said, they're willing to talk to you at any given hour. So head over to Objective Zero app, uh, you know, filters through the age, gender, branch of service, connected to the military, military, occupational, especially the whole gamut that you heard at the beginning of the show. And uh, like I said, they're there for you. They're willing to listen to you, whatever you have to say. So there's always people out there willing to talk. All you have to do is reach out. Thousand percent, and uh, JJ Oink and Recoil has said it, and and you know how I feel about it, Bender. I'm so fucking glad you're back. I'm so fucking glad, like Recoil said, your son and your ex-wife were there when you were getting ready to walk out that door, and and they they stopped you uh, without knowing what they were doing, obviously beforehand. But um, I fucking love you, brother. I'm glad you're back. I can't wait to start doing some more uh, idiotic promos with that sexy ass voice of yours. Cause God damn, I'm just my nipples. Oh are yeah, hard. man. They say they say that their nipples are hard. They can cut glass. Man, I could penetrate diamonds right now, and it feels so good. I said penetrate, <laughs> bitches. That's right. I said you did. It's all sexy talk. Ooh. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. We got got some serious stuff to handled. Uh, yeah, I think it's time to. Uh, get some babies made oh yeah oh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> the kool-aid man oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right i love each and every one of you thank you all that listen live thank you all that are listening on podcast we appreciate your support please like react share spread the word about dv radio don't forget dvfarm.org we need to raise that 25 grand for the septic system then the DV radio store and all that good stuff for recoil oink jj bender and joel from mbr radio who had to skedaddle out because he lost power and could not continue streaming i'm bonerwood you just heard barracks talk right here on wdvr dvradio.net until next week fucksicles hit us up on facebook and twitter Goodbye, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> TV Radio.